and I didn't think about it this way until recently, but like I, I never stop obsessing about my clients. And what, what I mean by that is I literally never stop trying to solve their problems and trying to figure out a better way to solve them. So you have a passion for fitness and the desire to start your own business. But launching a massively successful fitness business is extremely complex. The systems, operations, hiring, firing, coaching, sales, and marketing are critical to success. Where do you even start? This show will give you the answers. Here is Bedros Koulian and Bryce Henson, your hosts of the Fitness Franchise Podcast, a show dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs launch and grow successful gyms. Welcome back to the Fitness Franchise Podcast, and we have another spectacular episode today, as today's guest is a good friend of mine with an impressive rap sheet, so here we go. He is an author, a sought-off speaker, and a nat the national director for Fit Body Forever, which is a program specifically targeted for mature adults over the age of 55 within the Fit Body Bootcamp franchise. Now, he's also the owner of Daphne Fit Body Bootcamp and Daphne Fit Body Forever in Daphne, Alabama. He has been in the fitness and nutrition industry for 17 plus years and alongside his team has served over 6,000 clients in his local community. Now he is regularly featured in the media through Fox 10 News Mobile and Mobile Press Register. In addition to this, in 2016, he was awarded the Fitness Business Summit Personal Trainer of the Year. And in 2018, he was also awarded the Fit Body Forever Owner of the Year. He is a proud graduate of the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. My good friend, Stephen Hadley, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Excited. Uh, super pumped, man. Well, we got a lot of, lot to cover with uh, before we do and uh, kind of talk about all the success that you've achieved. Uh, give us some backstory. So how did, you, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, well, I mean, it really, the, all this really started back in, in 2009. So, so it's uh, going back now, going back over 10 years, really. Um, I graduated from Alabama, like you said, and uh, I was I was studying exercise science. So I was actually a personal trainer at the university. That's really how I got my start in fitness. Um, so training mostly like uh, other students and some faculty, things like that. But that's really where I got my start. And at the university, the uh, one of the other trainers was doing a, a boot camp, right? And of course, that's the first time I ever heard of it uh, or saw it. He was doing it outside, but he's actually doing pretty good with it. So my thinking was, hey. This guy's doing pretty good uh, with this uh, boot camp thing. I'm over here training people one on one. I think I need to move back to my uh, hometown and start one of these, and because I knew that there was nothing like that going on. So that's what I did. Thought, you know, how hard could it be? And uh, it was a lot harder than I thought. Uh, <laughs> but that's really, that was really my. That's where it all really started. It was just like training clients one on one, loving fitness, you know, loving everything to, uh, as far as you know the ins and outs of it and helping clients get results and really just saw an opportunity uh, or a gap, if you will, in, in our market locally at the time uh, to, to start. And so to start my own thing and and uh, went from there. Shoot, man. Well, well done. We're going to talk about what that looked like. Uh, before we do, going to University of Alabama, you uh, got your degree in exercise physiology and uh, nutrition. So talk to us about that. Like, How much did that impact you or really put you in advantage to be a successful gym owner and you know do all the things that you've done in, within the industry? Yeah, I mean, the honest truth is I, I'm not really sure that it, that it has helped a ton. Um, other than just maybe from a credibility standpoint, you know, I mean, I, I, I think maybe clients, um, you know, it can help you in that way. Uh, but, you know, doing it now for over 10 years, you know, being an entrepreneur, just in business in general, it's like the degree thing is, is, is uh, you know, it's not necessary. And, and a meaning that it's a, it's a nice to have, but I totally believe that, especially in our industry, you know, you need a certain level of competency for sure. And to credibility, and I definitely think that's important to know how, uh, what you're doing, and why you're doing it. But at the end of the day, it's it's going to come down more about you know how you can you know connect with people, and then we're in the business of changing lives, which is in in, in essence changing behaviors, right? And so that's going to end up being a little bit more important. But so I don't know that it really gave me a huge advantage, but. Um, you know, I guess maybe nowadays it's like, hey, University of Alabama, right? So there's credibility there. It's just the standard of excellence. Uh, there you go, man. Well, uh, you all, know, for all our audience, the Auburn people that are listening to this are throwing up right now. 
Yeah, that is the truth. Now, for our audience, I went, I'm a proud Michigan State grad. Now, certainly don't have a huge rivalry, but uh, at, at some point uh, lost to the Alabama uh, Roll Tide, uh, um, I don't know, a few years ago in the Final Four of football. So that was obviously devastating. But, uh, man, hats off. Obviously, our running joke over the years is just your excellent football program is just leaps and bounds. It's unreal, man. It's unbelievable. Well, good for you. Well, you know, kind of shifting gears, you went to school, you, you, you kind of met a friend that, you know, was running these boot camps. You thought, you know, it was an opportunity to come back to Daphne, uh, which is your hometown and do that. Uh, you launched Fitbody. How did you find Fitbody Bootcamp? Um, and then specifically yeah. kind of walk us through that first, you know, six, 12 months of like, you know, becoming a business on, uh, owner, um, the trials, the tribulations, like the successes you had kind of, what was it like to, to kind of get your career off the ground? Yeah, it's uh that that's the thing, right? Like I like I said, I, I thought, hey, how hard could this be? You know, starting this uh, boot camp, and I think it's weird because that that naive mindset, and also my you know positivity as far as like I can do this, like having that more of a visionary, you know, big big dreamer, big idea personality, probably helped me more than I realize now. Even though it was really frustrating in the beginning, because I just thought, why 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 can't I do it, right? So. Uh, with basically the one connection that I had, um, I rented out a like cheerleading facility. Like they were doing their stuff in the evenings, tried to, uh, you know, do my stuff in the morning. And, uh, that was kind of the, the model at the time. And so started that process and, you know, worked really hard. And it was funny because even though I'm from like, uh, this area, I'm not like from Daphne. So I actually lived, grew up about 25, 30 minutes from this area. So I really didn't know anyone at the time, like in Daphne, as far as like real connections, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I might've knew a person in passing, but I didn't really know like any owner, business owners or anyone in the community. So it really and truly it was like the opportunity was in Daphne, but I didn't really know anyone there. And so I'm starting a new business, no money, no connections, uh, you know, no know-how really other than, than the training part. And so it was really hard. It was a, it was a struggle. I mean, I remember, you know, starting out and, you know, when you, when you're not having success with something right away, it, it really starts to gnaw at you like, man, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was really tough. And I would say in the first 18 months, I think I only had like 16 clients. It was that, it was that hard. Um, because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I didn't know like how to, how to get myself, like how to really promote myself, uh, and promote my business. Um, and so I literally was just driving around. I was living at home with my parents driving around though, in, in my truck with no AC at the time in the Alabama summer heat. Okay. <laughs> uh, like I said, school of hard knocks, man. I was driving around meeting other business owners and, and other people just trying to get my name out there. And I remember like, at some point when it really just didn't seem like it was going to work out, I'm thinking, okay, now I've actually got to pay some bills. So I started working at like a vitamin shop, I like a GNC type store. I started delivering pizzas on the weekends. I was like helping a friend out. I was working like four different jobs. Uh, and, and then it's like, okay, this fitness thing isn't working out. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get like a, a career job, right? I'm going to, you know, go to, a phys you know, be a physician assistant or some, something like that. So I mm -hmm. decided I was going to go back to grad school and I to do that. I had to take this uh, GRE test. So I studied for this thing for like three months, spent all this time in the library studying for this test and taking prerequisite classes at the local community college to go back to school because fitness wasn't working out and didn't score high enough on the GRE. So then I was really in a spot like, okay, can't go back to school or at least that isn't working out fitness isn't working out guess i'm gonna have to get a, like a real job like just uh i don't know driving a ups truck or something you know what i mean like it's gonna mm -hmm. have to just be a normal like you know those one of those kind of more blue collar type jobs and i remember the, before i really started going that route you know google as far as like the amount of information that we have today it was really like in its infancy then um, meaning you could still find info, just nowhere near the amount that you could now, because we really didn't have Facebook and it, there was no Instagram and all that back then. So, and what year was this our, roughly, Stephen? This was like twenty end of this was like twenty ten, so two thousand ten, okay. uh, right? Yeah, two thousand ten. And I remember though looking up fitness, and you know who I found, right? Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. the guy that was absolutely dominating uh, fitness business coaching and consulting at the time, Bedros and. Uh, you know, just 
ate up everything he put out there in his blog at the time. His blog. So, um, so there you go. Or you listen to this, you're like, what's a blog? Well, <laughs> the bl- blogs were basically the number one way to get info back then, uh, more so than social media and all that now and YouTube. So started reading everything and really just started getting some results, you know, like it wasn't anything big and crazy, but I was actually getting some results from, from what he was, uh, you know, putting out there, some of the strategies and tactics and stuff. And I mean, I remember signing up for fit pro newsletter. I couldn't even afford like the, 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 the yearly fee, which was like $300. So I was in, I was paying like 50 bucks a month for this, for the service. But you know, I did like the 21 day program and the 14 day program. So I started getting some results and uh, ended up uh, doing a coaching program with Bedros. And that was really what led me to Fit Body Bootcamp because he had recently just started it. Um, and so he basically offered to let me use the money that I paid for the coaching program as like a, as a buy in for, for the franchise. Cause, and it was like a license at the time. It was not a fran- It wasn't a franchise at the time. Yeah. And so uh, that's really how I got started. And, and that was really a big, um, you know, I guess, stepping stone or like an aha type moment, because that was when I finally was like, OK, I could do this because I was then on coaching calls, listening to like some other um, owners have a lot more, way more success than I was having. And I was just sitting there going, OK, if, I, if they can do it. I can do it because I'm listening to them. And I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm smarter than them or just as smart as they are. So uh, that that's what really gave me the belief to, you know, that I can do it. And that's how I got to kind of got to introduce the FitBody Bootcamp. Yeah, well, good on you. That's interesting because, you know, you're one of the most successful owners in the FitBody Bootcamp brand. You literally have become now the the national director of the FitBody Forever program, which we'll, we'll get on. We'll touch on to in a minute here. But uh, that's really interesting and, and good insight for our audience, knowing that, hey, you know, a guy like you with so much success uh, can start with humble beginnings and kind of from bootstraps work your way up. Um now, kind of looking ahead, you know, throughout your FitBody journey, it's been literally over a decade now. Um, you know, what has been the biggest highlights, learning lessons, you know, the biggest kind of accolades aside from some of the rap, the rap sheet that uh, I put out there. Um, in addition to that, you know, want to go through the challenges and the hurdles aside from that, you know, first startup phase. So can you uh, color in the audience a little bit about uh, your journey as a, a gym owner? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it started out really, really rough and really, really, uh, it was a struggle at the beginning. Um, and I think that's probably how a good amount of people start out. So my first, you know, little thing would be like, hey, if you're starting out and you're struggling, um, you know, it's not just like pig headed discipline of like, you know, perseverance. I mean, that's part of it. But more than anything, it's just like you, you got to believe in yourself. But for me, that was actually seeing proof that it could be done. Right. Um, and that helped me kind of start to believe. And then once I did started having some success, taking action, that success leads to momentum. Um, and you know, like you said, it went from starting fit body bootcamp, starting a fit body bootcamp to, you know, all the way up to, you know, moving into two, three different locations. And then now, you know, uh, over the last, we're going on 10 years, you know, we've been able to generate, you know, right at 5 million in revenue just out of one location. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a lot of hurdles, a lot of lessons. Um, but I, but I think the main thing along the way, I would say, uh, that's helped me the most, if I, if someone had, if someone asked me and said, Hey, what's your, what, what do you think has been the real key to your success? Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's just been to like, never, and I didn't think about it this way until recently, but like I, I never stop obsessing about my clients. And what what I mean by that is I literally never stop trying to solve their problems and trying to figure out a better way to solve them. Um, and so that's always that constant. How can I solve their problem? What is the, their problem? What's a problem I didn't know about? How do I solve it better? Um, that it's like a never ending quest and that never ending quest then provide solutions that is value that you obviously can exchange for money and more money and more clients. And so it's just like, uh, you know, there's all this stuff, but at the end of the day, it's really all goes back to, I've always tried to stay curious and try to like, I literally interview my clients. I will get them on a, you know, a zoom call and just drill them with questions, you know, like I, like, I, you know, and get out a notepad and write down questions. I was with some fit buddy forever clients the other day and I, break my phone out and just hit record. And I'm just like asking them questions. I mean, they laugh at me sometimes like, 
you know, why are you, you know, are you like a reporter? And I'm like, basically, because <laughs> it's, that's, that's what I'm like, why, you know, why do you think that? Why do you feel that way? What would you say is this? Like, what would you say is your biggest issue? Why do you think it's your biggest issue? Right. Or what's your biggest, uh, you know, problem? What's your biggest frustration? Uh, and I do that with my team too, with my coaches. I'm asking them all the time. What do you think? What are you hearing? What do you see? And that I just take that information and try to create the best solutions possible. Um, and that's, without even realizing it over the years, that's helped me be, I think, stay on the cutting edge. That's helped me see things maybe that some other, uh, some of the other competitors don't see um, and not get complacent either. It's weird. It's like I've been doing it for 10 years, but it actually doesn't feel that long because I feel like I'm always, uh, it's like a new business every, every quarter, every year because it's a constant, uh, you know, constant quest to try to solve the client's problems, solve them even better every time. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I just re- reread, uh, I think I'm on my fifth or sixth re- read of a book called Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson, which I'm sure you yep. probably read of. I've got it up there somewhere. There you go. And one of his big focuses yeah. of success is you need to be a, a client-centric company, not a product-centric company. And honestly, Stephen, yep. when you're kind of talking about your obsess- obsession in a good way, obviously, and your fascination with like uncovering problems and really you know, uh, diving into your clients' concerns and frustrations, I mean, that's really what the name of the game is all about. Um, my, my next question, you might have alluded to this already, but be, would be, you know, when you look back, obviously, that's been a focus and reason for your success. But um, what would you say is, is your zone of genius? specifically you know if you take a step back and look okay wow like what do I do exceptionally well better than the next guy that's really allowed me to achieve this level of success and maybe it's one of the same but I was just well, I want to pick your brain there yeah well I think for me it's uh and again it, it definitely has been you know I think honed in over just trying to figure out how to solve our clients problems better but I would say for me it's really a combination of you know, innovation of creating a new idea or solving a problem, which is what innovation is, solving a problem, but then cre- taking that solution, creating a strategy around it, and then communicating that strategy so that it can be implemented. I think those are the things that I that I do do the best. Um, and it's just, so it's a gathering information and then taking that information, creating a, a systematic or stre- a strategic approach around it, and then being able to communicate that uh, in, in, a, in a way that's simple and easy to understand. Yeah, interesting. I, I think you know you're probably one of the best presenters I've ever seen. So when I hear that, that makes a lot of sense because you are able to you know take information, process it, and then really communicate it. And really, I would say we use the word step ladder approach in, in our working together, but really like a, a very clear step step uh, I guess step ladder formula, which makes it then yeah. easier to digest for your team, for your client, etc. So. Yeah, my, uh, my team always like makes fun of me because I always try to like everything's always usually an acronym or like it, it, it has some sort of uh, systematic approach to it. But I'm like, you know, I don't know why. That's just how my brain works. So, you know, Stephen, yeah. you kind of shared some of your struggles in the very first year or so. And then obviously, you know, kind of gave, giving the, the audience some insight on, you know, some of the, the reasons, uh, your fascinations, your zone of geniuses and why you've been so successful. But, you know, big picture, if you take a step back and a 30,000 foot view, what would you say was, you know, the biggest challenge or two in your career as a fit, fitness you know, gym owner? Hmm. I would say uh, the thing that's, you know, tripped me up the most, and I think it's, you know, it's different for, for everyone, but me personally, um, and, and anyone listening to this, it's, you know, is, a, is more of an idea person and, you know, a big thinker and big action taker, I think you can, can probably relate to this um, if they really, you know, sit back and, and analyze themselves is for me, I think what's tripped me up the most over time is not knowing myself enough like my emotional intelligence and thankfully for me i feel like i have good character and good values so even when i have screwed up when it comes to that uh you know it hasn't caused you know like a ton of damage Mm -hmm. um but it's it's definitely set me back more times than not just because you know and i've really focused on that the last year or two Um, which I know we're now doing that a lot more as a franchise, but really learning like myself more in terms of my personality, like how I, uh, how I make decisions, uh, how I react to stress and then how that affects my, you know, how I, how that affects other people. That has been something that over time, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, if I knew my, knew what I know now about myself, 
and and people that work for me that you know things would be a lot different and, be, and go a lot smoother uh, in the past. So I would say that's definitely overall that's been the biggest overarching thing uh, over the years that's you know tripped me up that that I've learned, tried to learn from um, is just not knowing you know what some of the things that I did a little back and I'm like, God, that was really stupid to trip to do it like that, <laughs> you know, um, re- really, really stupid. Uh, and I'm like, God, all I had to do is just do it just one, just a little bit different and it would have yeah. went totally, you know, different. So I think that's the biggest thing, just like self-awareness, self-awareness and, and, and knowing how I react and how that affects other people the most. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you asked that between self-awareness, emotional intelligence, and really just understanding human nature because um, you brought to the table an uh, organization, kind of a training play program called Take Flight Learning, uh, which yeah. really uh, has kind of swept our franchise by storm. We just are kind of in the initial phases of really adopting this and implementing it. You know, in the time of the shooting, it's in April, early April. We presented that from your recommendation in you know early uh, January, and we've ran a few workshops now, um, and it's just been actually game changing in terms of you know allowing yeah. our owners and coaches across the way to really have a good understanding of who they are uh, from a human nature perspective and personality perspective. So, can you share a little bit about your insights with that program, the biggest value that you've received, and you know, it's it's just been incredible. So, we'd love to hear more yeah i mean so like like you said i've taken actually other personality tests before um even so it's based around the disc uh like profile and i've taken those before and and knew like what mine was and what other other people's were but you know for whatever reason that company you know they they definitely have a different approach for like using birds instead of letters which is just every time i think about it i'm like it's genius because you just you can remember it um but also not only that their profiles their insight into uh your personality and others is just so like spot on and so like accurate and so for me again i'm a lifelong learner so i want to like obsess and dive into like what mine is like and try to like i try to like max because in a sense you're maximizing your own potential right your own like you know your own uh you know success because it's based on the decisions you make and who you are so just trying to learn more about myself what my weaknesses are uh what my strengths are uh and again some people know that more than others but then you also might be surprised sometimes uh when you really can dive into the science about what you're actually strong at, where you struggle, because a lot of times we don't know because mm-hmm. those are the blind spots. And um, when you then see it, it's like, you know, uncovering just all kind of stuff you never saw before, especially in other people, because then you see how, oh, that's why they're like that or that's why they do that or that's why they, you know, crap. OK, all those things that I did, that's why it always went, you know, a certain way. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into the actual, like taking flight, but I mean, um, that's been a real game changer for me just in that area specifically for sure. So, yeah. And for me, and, and I want to acknowledge you cause you are the one that's kind of introduced that to you know our brand, our coaching program that, you know, we have our mastermind group and, and onward. Um, but not only understanding yourself, but the biggest takeaway I've received from it is, is working with others, how to communicate effectively to others yep. and, uh, j- just so powerful. So no, I just yep. wanted to, you know, w- while you threw out, you know, self-awareness and emotional uh, you know intelligence and, and really having a good understanding of communication. I just think it was super valuable. And we're actually, I, I booked Merrick, uh, the CEO of Take Flight, you know, to be on the podcast in a few months. So uh, hats yeah, off he's to you. awesome. Good, good, good. All right. Uh, well, I want to you know transition a little bit and uh, you know talk about uh, this Fit Body Forever thing, which you're the now national director for, and uh, yeah, just excited to kind of showcase that. Um, I just see there's so there's such a big need. There's so many people there that you know really, really you know need what uh, you and we're we're offering here. So can you you know uh, cue in the audience a little bit about what Fit Body Forever is, what your role is, and how it all came to be. Yeah, so the Fit Body Forever program, we actually, you know, as a franchise, we launched it a few years ago, um, and we at our in our local uh, location, we've actually done really well with it, and you know, we have a you know we have a pretty good area for it, um, meaning that our you know the average age and income is is matches up pretty well for it, um, but there's a lot of areas that are really uh, ideal for this, and the main thing is is like you know especially now as we are into 2021 that 
we have an entire generation of boomers that have now hit 55, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, you have just millions of people now. It's almost, I want to say uh, either this year or last year, there's more people over 50 than under 50 at this point, um, which is insane. So there's more people in this age demographic. They make up, you know, they have 54% of the, the net worth in the United States. Uh, they have the most time. So if you think about it, they have the most time, they have the most uh, you know, disposable income, and they have a very big need. And that need is, they're, you know, and I've been working on this for the last year, really you know, put on, putting on my investiga- investigator hat. Um, and really, because like, I didn't want to go by my assumptions. Like, here's what I assume, here's what I think, but I want to like, really dig in. Like, let me interview, I've interviewed over 20 of our clients, you know, uh, one-on-one. I've done group, uh, like uh, focus groups. I've reached out to several consultants. I've read half a dozen books already on on just, you know, like, I mean, my bookshelf now, it's funny. It's like what retirees want, you know, <laughs> uh, boomers. I mean, I got all the younger next year. I got all these different books. Like, so it really just boils down like, cause I try to sum it up like, hey, look, what's the, you know, if you get to the gist of it, what what's the what's their biggest need? And it's, they want to have the ability right their their ability is their biggest thing and that's what you start to notice as you hit 55 plus is like my ability to do more of what i want what i need what i love right so our thing is like we want to give them back or keep them uh, having the ability to do more of what they want when they want and the whole thing too is to be ready to do it again the next day because you know what that's what we're seeing like their recovery time whether it's workouts or hobbies like it, it's all of the it all comes back to ability right traveling all the things they want to do so it's a real uh it's a real need and you know i, I relate it to fishing right i'm a big bass fisherman so um you know if you're if you're fishing and uh you know it's like fishing in a pond and there's like you know 10 other fishermen in this pond but if you look over over your shoulder, the pond next to you, there's like one person over there fishing. Well, your odds over there with one person is going to be a lot stronger. So it's the same thing with this market. You know, there's just not very much competition, which is it's crazy because of the need and because of the opportunity in this market. So yeah. um, that's why we're really excited because um, the need is there and it's just a matter of tapping into that. And so we're really, you know, one of the first to market and uh, we're really building, trying to build some systems for this group to, to make a, a huge, a huge difference for our franchisees. Yeah. Uh, I want to uh, kind of get some insights and certainly I've, I've worked with this clientele as well. And when I first started my fitness journey, I was in my early twenties. You know, my thought was I was going to train, you know, young 20, you know, 25 year old guys. What I realized was um, that was not so fulfilling at all. Like they're flaky. They don't know what they want. Um, it's just, right. you know, th- there was a lot of challenges with that. And, and also the level of like ungratefulness, which is sky high. Yep. And certainly I was, you know, my own demographic when I was started training those clients. Can you talk to a little bit about the f- fulfillment? aspect not only is there a need but actually what's the day-to-day like what's the experience in working with this demographic because for me that's the one thing i probably love the most yeah so i would say if we made a list right if we if we went down and we like you know interviewed a hundred uh you know fitness professionals who 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 are either working directly with clients or who own a fitness business if we listed out what their top three to five biggest frustrations are it would probably be clients that you know don't pay on time clients that don't show up or show up on time so the flakiness right either by paying or showing up uh clients that uh, aren't focused aren't committed um clients that can't afford their services or say they can't afford their services right it's all those types of things well these clients actually don't have any of those issues really (laughs) they pay their bills like every month on time they show up they're committed like they're consistent and it's just, it's so crazy because we've been doing that for five years and, and 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 one of the biggest things i always point out is that in five years we've literally never had a past new client for fitbody forever not one in five wow. years like that right there is reason enough uh <laughs> to want to train these clients but it's like none zero past dues they they pay more they stay longer the data that we have shows they stay on average you know anywhere from eight to ten months longer uh, than, than a client under, you know, 40 and they just, they're committed because their, their reasons for wanting to get in shape are not like, uh, external, like motivators, like what people, you know, think about how they look or whatever. Like that's, you know, that's a little bit, everyone has a little bit of that, 
but theirs is I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to travel. I want to be around for uh, all the things that now all those opportunities that are now in front of me. So, you know, that commitment is much, much stronger. And, you know, I'll say the last thing, especially if you're a fitness business owner, you, you know this to be true. One of the biggest issues in our industry, right, is is owning a fitness business and having uh, a coach come in and develop relationships with your clients and then leave and some of those clients leave with them. Now, I've been fortunate I haven't had, um, you know, too big of issues with that. Um, but that being said, it's, it's just kind of funny because it's like this group, unless you're just like a terrible operator of a business or as a person, like this, like that, that's not going to happen too much with this group of people just inherently because like they're, they're not, they're not best friends with your, with your coaches. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're 60, they're 58, they're, they're 65. Like they, you know, so, right. so there, there's a different relationship dynamic there, um, which I think is, is a nice change of pace. It's, a, it's, it's, it's refreshing for not only the coaches sometimes, but also the owners um, of fitness businesses because the investment in helping the client is there, but there's not such a strong emotional investment that, you know, the client, I mean, we've all seen it, right? The client's like just, you know, they're basically depending on coaches in a way that is beyond what a coach should be. Right. And this client just, you know, they're, they're at a stage, a season in life where they don't need a coach to be their best friend. They don't need a coach to emotionally, to be emotionally dependent upon them. Right. And, uh, and, and I know that there, there, there's a, a way that we can serve and help our clients that aren't in this group um, in that way that, that is certainly helpful for them. But I just find that that's something that's a nice change of pace for the entire business model and the coaches too. Uh, that's like, Hey, this client just shows up and is super committed and I can help them and I can see a real change in their life. But then they leave and go home and then they're with their family. And like, <laughs> it doesn't have to go like 10 steps further than that, you know? Right. And that's something people don't think about. So on that note, kind of, you know, taking a, a big picture approach and, you know, we talked a little bit about like the journey for, you know, to, for you to understand this type of clientele. And really the reason I asked the question, I just wanted to kind of give our audience like some, some good visual uh, understanding on really the, the amount of time, energy and effort you've really put in to really understand this clientele and really be successful with it. Um, that in mind, say, you know, someone's uh, someone's tuning in, they're listening, they're, they're open, they're interested in, you know, training this type of clientele. What would yeah. you say, you know, from your learning experience, there's maybe a pitfall or a trap or, or just something that you didn't expect, um, an obstacle in order to kind of be successful, you know, in training this, this type of clientele. Um, I, I would say with this group, um, I don't know that we've we've made a ton of mistakes with this group, honestly, because uh, I just really tried to do the research ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, I would say the biggest piece of the biggest piece of advice I would give, though, is just to make sure that you know you recognize that their needs are different, though their needs are different, their expectations are different, and so you you need to be willing to ju- adjust accordingly um, if you're gonna you know, try to train clients that are 55 plus because you cannot train them from an experience uh, or a obviously a, a programming standpoint as, you know, a client that's, you know, 25, 30 years old. Um, they don't want the same experience. You know, I mean, one, one example is like, uh, uh, is like, you know, for boot, for our bootcamp clients, it, it's, you know, the workouts are higher energy. And yeah, we, we talk about form, we talk about, uh, you know, proper, uh, exercise mechanics, but we're also in there doing a lot of motivating, a lot of encouraging, creating a, a fun, exciting experience. Well, our Fit Forever clients, they want a fun experience, but they absolutely would rather you tell them what they're doing, why they're doing it, and if they're doing if they're doing it correctly, more than you encouraging them and creating like this fun, energetic experience. So it's things like that, you know. Um, and, and and the thing is, is like I find that. You know, for some coaches, that's not really in their wheelhouse. They would rather, you know, provide a more exciting, energetic, like, you know, uh, type experience. But then on the other side, there's a lot of coaches that love a more like one-on-one or just one-on-a-small-group uh, type experience where they can really get on the client's level and, and really have more one-on-one interactions um, and coaching, you know, experiences with the clients. And so it tends to work out really well for those types of coaches as, uh, as well. Um, so, and I think every team typically is going to have coaches like that, right? They're going to have coaches that 
will absolutely excel working more with a smaller group and, and working more uh, with clients that are 55 plus because of those things. Um, but I would say one more thing, it's a little, it's a little more related to, to what we talked about earlier is that, you know, I think the biggest issue in our industry is that most people uh, are focused on, you know, are focused on the fat loss demographic. And while that's still, you know, what we want to, we basically want to have that, have that customer in our business because it's such a, uh, such a big part of the market. You know, I'll, I'll go back to fishing again, man, that these other clients, they're swimming all around you. They're all around you. You just don't see them. And that's what absolutely would shock people is if they knew how many of these clients were literally all around their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and all they have to do is just basically start fishing and they would start catching because there it's like, there's no other, um, you know, there's no, no one else fishing for these clients and they're looking for a solution. Um, some of them know it and some of them don't know it, but either way, right. It's just like fishing. I can fish for a bass that's hungry or I can fish for a bass and he'll bite out of a reaction. Okay. So it's the same thing in that, uh, if you just, you know, will kind of turn on your fish finder, so to speak, and look around throwing out all the fish analogies, man, <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, you know, you can see what's not there basically. Right. Or what you don't like, it's, it's, it's kind of like that non-obvious thing. That's like, you, you, you only can see it through the right lens. So, right. um, I think a lot of people would be very, very, very surprised, um, what's, what opportunities actually right in front of them. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm so excited. I think there's so much opportunity here and obviously you're leading the way uh, and you're, you're really the expert, the authority in this. And that's really why I wanted to take a few minutes just to talk about the opportunity, kind of get some insights on, you know, the success that you've had um, and really the opportunity that, that's really there. Um, now that said, kind of transitioning and kind of now kind of taking a 30,000 foot view and, you know, it, it, you certainly, your experiences could, you know, be both regard Fit Body Bootcamp or, um, you know, Fit Body Forever. But when you look at it from 30,000 foot, you you obviously won and because this is taking a little bit of back story here but you won the 2016 um, personal trainer of the year award Um, you obviously have really uh, developed skill sets etc so what would you say would be a big value bomb or skill set or a tool or tactic that you know our audience probably should know but they don't and it's something that you've really utilized and implemented um, to be successful in either you know a coaching platform and probably led to your success you know at winning the the personal trainer year of the war yeah I, w- I would say uh, you know number one back to what we talked about earlier never never stop never stop obsessing about your clients uh, because if you do that you'll never have like you'll never your business will never suffer for very long because you're always finding solutions to their problems. Uh, so that's always gonna be my, my go-to uh, as far as advice. Um, but secondary, I would say, um, one of the things that I've always, or that I've learned over time is that it's rarely uh, you know, either or, it's usually both and. And what I mean by that is when we try to find solutions to our issues, whether it's leadership, um, you know, leadership versus managing people. So, you know, should I be a better leader or should I manage people more? Well, it's usually, you know, both and not either or, both. right? Should yeah. I work more in my business or on my business? Well, it's probably, you know, both and not either or, you know, should I, you know, focus more on getting new clients or keeping the clients I have? Well, it's probably both and not either or. So I think that's kind of an all encompassing piece of advice I would give give people that yeah different times different seasons you want to focus on one maybe a little more one or the other but it, it's never either or because you have to remember what type of business you're in um, especially if you're talking about working like for example in versus on your business well if you're in a people business like a fitness business mm-hmm. you need to work on your business if you're the owner but you can never stop working in it because it's a people business you're not like manufacturing like little widgets you're you're dealing with people. So, Mm -hmm. um, if you're not willing to work in it, someone better be working in it. Uh, if you're not, uh, because if, if, if you're not, or someone else isn't, it's not going to be there for very long. You can't just work on and vice versa, right? We know some people, uh, maybe work in their business too much that they can't get up and look above, you know, uh, and see what's in front of them. They're always like got their head down and they're in the weeds. They can't see what's, you know, coming and looking above the weeds. So I think that's always a good, piece of advice to think about it's just like 
whenever you're you know trying to decide should i do this or should i do that and it's really related to, to a very similar thing it's usually both and not either or bam man that literally blew my mind it's so accurate i'm thinking back like some of my experiences in, in as an entrepreneur and uh i think if if i had that advice or at, like had a little bit more awareness around that i would have uh, navigated some situations a little bit better so thank you for that now on the flip side yeah, um you know it's all not sunshines and rainbows and you kind of talked a little bit about some of the challenges um you know that you've experienced of course also the highlights the strategies the tips the tools the tactics that's really made you successful um but uh, level us level uh, with the audience here what would you say from either a, a life or a business perspective was you know your worst moment um you know from an entrepreneurial perspective or even life perspective that you know really at the time felt like the world was crashing down but by going through that, you learned through it and you became better off for it and really has aided in your success. Hmm, that's a tough one because there's really like two, but uh, I'll try to, I'll try to, I mean, obviously last year was really, was really tough. Um, and, but I would, it's kind of weird though, because like as bad as last year was, and I'm, and I'm sure it would could would have been a lot worse if, if I were in a different area. I mean, it's not like it was like, you know, it, w it didn't impact us. It definitely did. And it was it was a rough, you know, especially the first part of last year was really tough. Um, I would say it was also really strange because even though that was like a, you know, life altering, business altering year in a, in a period of time, especially when everything kind of started in March, April, um, it was also very odd because I got weirdly like just a tiny bit excited and I, and I like, I was, it was weird. I was like, why am I like oddly excited right now? And it was because like, it was weird cause I was almost preparing for crisis and chaos for like the last seven, eight, nine years without even knowing it, like learning all the principles of success and, leadership uh, you know whether it's grit perseverance all these things and they weren't really that applicable at, in the moment necessarily but then when all of that went down instead of like freaking out and going this is it like oh my god what am i gonna do it was literally like wow this is like we're it's a crisis i was like my first crisis <laughs> like you know like this is awesome it's my first crisis and i'm like what is, why am i saying this to myself but it was like <laughs> There's going to be, you know, I'm going to reflect back on this, you know, like literally I, I'm, I will tell stories like, you know, to kids and grandkids and like, you know, we'll talk about it 20, 30, 40 years from now. So what do I want to tell people? Like, that's what I was thinking. And that oddly enough, like just completely changed my outlook on the whole situation. Yeah, there was certainly a lot of sleepless nights and all that through all of those things, it was still like, Hey, like, this is just totally like just a test. It's totally just like, if I want to be successful, like, I mean, I know, I don't know if we're doing video and, and just audio, but you can see behind me, like Nick Saban, Kobe Bryant, I mean, oh, all yeah. these people like John Wooden, like every single person that you study that is successful goes through crisis and goes through like setbacks. And some of them just unbelievably you know I, it was crazy too because i started reading the book obstacle is the way last year right before all that so that was like an amazing book to read all of last year right holiday yeah yeah and so it was like that book was just, i mean it was like my my bible last year just reading that uh, as i'm going through it and reading about every person that goes through crisis and, and how to reflect on it so the point is is just like as i was going through that and as bad as it was it, it, it i just it was always like, Hey, like I have to do it. Like, it's just like, I have to be willing. This is my opportunity to, to go through a crisis, go through a setback. Um, because if I don't, it's like, it's a prerequisite to success. It's, it's just a prerequisite. So like, it's almost like when you go to school, when you're in school, like you have to take certain classes in order to get an advanced degree, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 you have to, to get a master's to get a PhD. If you don't take those classes, you can't get those degrees Well, right. in success. There's love. There's degrees of success. If you want to move up in, you know, in, in your degrees of success, you have to take certain prerequisites. Those are called crisis. Those are called chaos. Those are called problems. Those are called, you know, stressful situations. Those are called, you know, tragedies. And if you're able to go through those prerequisites and pass those tests, then you get to have a higher degree of success. So that's really how I looked at it. 
and why I weirdly got excited about it. <laughs> All right, Mr. Hadley. So this has been awesome. A lot of knowledge here. Um, and I don't have, I know I don't have too much more time with you, but I want to transition to give our audience some big uh, final uh, nuggets of information about their life. Uh, in the lightning round, here we go. No, what is the number one thing uh, today that you are most passionate about and why? Uh, man, professionally, it's it's figuring, it's continuing to learn more about this uh, FitBuddy Forever market so that we can offer the best solution for them, for, for sure. Awesome. That's, um, my, now, that's my mission right now. Awesome, awesome. Um, next up, forget about all the success that you've achieved uh, to date. Uh, let's look back at the younger version of yourself. What would you say was the one thing that was holding you back in your way that you had to overcome? Uh, what was it and uh, how'd you do it? Uh, again, I would go back to self-awareness. I would go back to not not realizing how you know problems and situations affected me, uh, my emotional state, how that in turn affected my, my how I made decisions, um, and then how those decisions affected other people. Copy that. Uh, next up, you're in the business of giving a good advice to your team, to your clients, um, to the, the owners that you consult with, with the Fit Body Forever program. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received and why? Um, for that one, I don't, I don't really know that I could, it, it's necessarily received, but I will say that it's uh, something that I that I that I read that's that I've that I mean, I've read a lot of different things that have stuck with me, but this one is really you know stuck with me when I read it a couple of years ago. It's out of the book uh, Principles by Ray Dalio, and it's talking about because we're always dealing with people, um, and this one's like in hiring and and you know people on your team, but it could you could relate this to any really relationship, honestly, and it's that you know. People, uh, unfortunately, people don't change a lot. Um, and if they do change, they really, and I found this to be true, obviously with myself, because I'm always trying to develop myself. And, and I know a lot of people listen to this. I know you are as well, Bryce. It's like, people don't change very much. And if they do change, that change is only gonna happen through a very committed and consistent effort. Meaning like going to, you know, whether it's, you know, going to therapy or self-development, going through a course or courses or reading books. And, and you gotta be very committed and very consistent with trying to make that change occur. And so, and even if that change does occur, it's gonna happen over a slow period of time. And so when, it's, when it relates to like dealing with people and relationships, if you know people don't change very much and if they do change, it's gonna have to be very consistent and committed approach, then you have to ask yourself, especially if it comes to like a hiring decision or keeping someone on the team or whatever, hiring someone, then are you willing to wait for that person to change? Do you feel like they're going to? Because if, they, if they're going to, it's going to be consistent and committed approach. And if you do, are you willing to be patient enough for them to change? And usually that gives you your answer on whether they should stay, whether they should go, whether you should move them to another role. Um, but I've, I've, the more I've really thought about that, after I read it, it, I've seen it to be true in myself and, and in others, you know. So I think that's a really good piece of advice when dealing with people is just that people don't tend to change much. And if they do, it's only going to happen through a very consistent and committed effort. And if they do, it's going to happen over a long period of time. I copy that. Good insight. Uh, next up, you, I would say, are, you know, one of the, my most expert friends within developing habits. I know you've read a lot of, you know, great knowledge. What would you say is the, the, the one habit that has exponentially um, increased and really affected the success that you've achieved today? Oh, habits, man. There's a lot of them now. Um, God, dude, that's a hard question because there's, there's a bunch of them. Uh, what do you want to hear more like? More like just uh, as far as general like health stuff or like uh more just success like give me give me some more specific not health not health and fitness uh okay. the reason i say that is most of our audience um you know are, are people interested in, in starting a business so from a productivity or from a business perspective what would you say is you know the best habit or one of the best habits that you've acquired and why okay so uh, yeah let's go the productivity route um without a doubt one of the things i've been doing over the last several i've always tried to do this but it's i've really honed it in over the last uh, three or four years is when i'm planning my day uh well first of all when i'm planning my week it's like what are the what are the big three what are the three things that i need to accomplish and then each day what are the big three things so it's like it's called I've heard it called working above the line and below the line. So take a piece of paper, draw a line above the line, write three things that you absolutely have to get done no matter what. 
below the line, write three things that you'd like to get done and then work above the line the whole day until it's done. When you're done, then you can work below the line. And so that just helps you because there's so there's never enough hours in the day. There's ne- there's always too many things to do. So just focusing on three and making yourself choose that helps you prioritize your tasks better. And that also helps you end the day knowing that you got the top three things that had to be done uh, done. Beautiful. All right. Uh, next up, and I only got a couple for you left, uh, but you know, I can see your big bookshelf uh, in the back. Leaders are readers, and you are certainly one of them. Out of that big uh, yeah, bookshelf, Keep there going. we go. There we go. Uh, what is your best book recommendation to Fitness Franchise Nation, and why? Man, I, I, it's like one book. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say this because it, if it's fitness and if it's if you're starting a fitness business, I don't think you can go wrong with honestly. At the end of the day, anything by Dan Kennedy, I think, is a good start. So, um, if you're if you're really just it's small business, local like fitness business, if it's on even if it's online, man, I just think anything start there um, because I think his his books are just very good at helping you. Uh, understand what it means to be an entrepreneur, to think like one, to act like one, um, and help you learn some hard lessons through his books before you have to learn them through uh, going through some of the stuff yourself. So I would just say anything by him. Um, of course, specific topics I could give more, but I think just that's a good place to start because there's just way too many, man. There's way too many. I could give you my top 25. <laughs> Dan Kennedy, it is. All right, my friend. Uh, last question. You are uh, you've you've imparted so much wisdom here. Um, you know, as we sign off, what would be the the last final parting words of wisdom you would give our audience uh, to better their lot in life, better themselves as people or business? Um, fire away. Um, I would say, you know, we, we've we've touched on it a lot, but I, I would I would say that you just make sure you 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 do the deep work that's required to learn more about yourself, what what you're good at, uh, what your strengths are, um, and 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 focus so, so that you can focus more on those strengths. But then, what are your struggles so that you can either a shore those up so they don't have such a negative impact, but then find people that can complement them. But until you know what those things are, you keep spinning your wheels, right? You keep trying to do things maybe you're not so good at, and you keep you know, making the same mistakes over and over. So just learn more about yourself, um, and then that way you can start taking actions that will actually get the results uh, that you're looking for. And then the last part of that would just be you know, never, never stop trying to learn, never stop being curious, keep asking why, keep asking how. Um, and I think you'll always be uh, successful with that. Amen to that, Stephen. Dude, that was awesome. This has been a great time. You've literally, um, you know, helped so many people listening to this. So I want to thank you for that. I want to acknowledge you. Um, you are an awesome dude. I've had the privilege of working together with you for almost ten years, and I can tell you, man, it's been a privilege and honor. I've learned so much, uh, you know, from you over the years, and uh, excited for what this next chapter um, will look like. So thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, really appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for having me, man.